you never know who you're going to meet and who's going to be able to have an experience for you that's going to benefit you down the road. And so it's kind of you know, having that open mind, having this enjoyment of you know, personal happiness, pursuing experiences, uh, you know, pursuing other ideas, and you're just going to start to open up yourself to things that you never thought, you know, would push you or challenge you or an area that you're like, oh, wow, like I didn't even know I was interested in. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Tyler Weeb. And just a little bit of a warning. This is going to be one of my favorite podcasts ever. So I'm set. See this stack of books behind me. I have another one right here. We could talk for days about this. But as, as a quick little prelude, Tyler and I are meatheads. We're bodybuilders. We're coaches, right? Uh, you know, we've had that part of our career going for a long time. Matter of fact, I... I mention every once in a while when I go anywhere, Tyler, no matter who you go out to dinner with, you go to a camp, you, you could spend an entire weekend talking about nutrition and physiology. Soon as you go to a restaurant, you're in your downtime. What do people want to talk about? They just keep going and going and going. So you and I decided our industry needs a little bit more. We want something deeper. We are complex people who deal with all kinds of things in life, even uniquely to our sports and, and our endeavors of hardcore fitness. So I, I'm glad that you decided to do this with me so we could talk about self-development, philosophy, psychology. I, I just have one question for you. The story of your life, you've got a tombstone, you have a one-word epitaph. What do you want that to say? Give me one word that you want to define your entire life. One, only one word. I thought we were going to go one sentence. I was thinking of one sentence. I was like, okay, I think I got it. I can boil it down. We'll, we'll, we'll go with a sentence. I, I can pick out the best, the best verb there. You know, am I going to be able to explain it? I'm assuming absolutely. I'm going to be able to. Absolutely. Epic. Epic. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Tell me There's why. a lot of broad generalities to that, though, I think. I want to be known as someone who lived an epic life, whatever that might mean. It means I was epic in many parts of my life. I'm an epic dad. I'm an epic husband. I'm an epic coach. Um, you know, I, I had epic experiences. I tried different things. I tried new things. I did things that most people wouldn't not do. Um, I epically put myself outside of my comfort zone on a constant basis, not just by what I do, but what I believe, how I challenge myself to, to think, to not be married to, you know, certain ideals or ideologies to always be open that, you know, uh, uh, epic friend, I, you know, can talk to anybody can, you know, be easy to talk to can, be interested in other people's lives. So I, I would say that would encompass a, a, a lot of it that, you know, people will go, man, that guy lived an epic life. So it seems to me then you have already answered the very first and most important question in life. Let, let me read. There is but one true serious philosophical problem, and that is suicide. Judging whether life is or is not worth living amounts to answering the fundamental question of all philosophy, Albert Camus. 
So you've you already know, seen you how, you know, sorry, you know how people hike to the mountain to visit the guru. You're welcome. There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the reason that's become such a famous quote in, in all of philosophy is, you know, as everybody for thousands of years have tried to figure out why, why do what, why do we think what we think? Why do we pursue what we pursue? You know, Camus brought it down to this first level and, and it's almost a joke. It's almost a barb to say, first decide whether you're going to fucking kill yourself or not. Cause if you're, if life is not worth living, if you're just going to whine and complain and, and pretend that you're just a passive recipient of fate, just go jump off a bridge now and get it over with. But if instead you believe life is worth living, now you've opened the door. Now, now you understand that you can pursue something. And, you know, that's, I think we all take different twists and turns in our lives. And I think a lot of people truly want what you described. We want to be something. That's why the psychological motives and, and models are what they are. We want to be known. We want to know. We want to love. We want to be loved. We want to have competency and autonomy. Um, yet, what if we're not getting it? What if we don't feel like we are being epic enough? Would you not agree, Tyler, that you feel some pressure that now that you put that label on yourself, your goal is to be epic, an epic dad, an epic friend, an epic coach. You want to you just get the most out of life that you can. Now, every day can, maybe you've solved this problem, but it can feel like, wow, am I making the right decisions? Am I, am I going to regret making this decision instead of that one? Because I really want to have that, that rich experience. Totally. They're like, <laughs> one more word. Yeah. There's a hell of a lot of pressure once you start thinking in that sense, because you, I mean, you said it perfectly. You always come back to that question. And I found that that question would be like constantly on my mind. And I would almost be like stressed and like in a negative way that I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this. Like I, I'm not epic, epic, epic. Right. And it's, I think definitely something that I've kind of come over the hump with, if you will, you know, it kind of like it peaked and it, it did take a lot of working through and, and trying to figure out, you know, what, you know, what does that mean? Because Epic is going to mean different to, to everybody, right? Everyone's going to have a different perce perception of, of what that is. Right. And so I think once you kind of go that route and you start to kind of go, okay, you know, these are the things that I know that I certainly, you know, want to be epic in and, and do these things. But that doesn't mean that sitting on the couch and playing some video games in the evening does not get me excited every once in a while. So I, and I think we have to be able to define, you know, what do we consider a waste of time? What do we consider, you know, okay with our time? And I think, there is an argument to be, you know, to be had that being lazy, you know, whatever, you know, you want to interpret that is, you know, taking a nap in the middle of the day, playing some video games in the evening, whatever. I think there's a good argument to say that there can be a lot of benefit to that, where you are stepping back, you are turning that brain off in a sense, you're relaxing, you're letting yourself to just calm down and tune out, you know, at this point, because, I mean, heck, there's a lot to tune out nowadays. We are insinuated with just, you know, negative news. You know, they call it doom scrolling, right? Like that's essentially what it is. And so I think to be able to have those is so beneficial. Like for myself, 
I love to read for fun. Like it is something that I have done since I was, I used to bring a book to school, hurry through my tests just so I could read and, and get into my book. Like I would do that all the time. And so to me, you know, being able to just sit on the couch for an hour, read a fun book. And I'm talking like, you know, I, I'm really big into like the fantasy genre, high fantasy, all of that. And just to be able to sit down for an hour and read my book, like that's very relaxing. I sometimes I feel a little bit lazy, but not only am I still stimulating my mind, I'm having fun. <laughs> it might seem a little nerdy, but it's something that allows me to kind of block everything out, forget about, you know, regular life for a little bit. And, and I still find enjoyment, fulfillment and happiness out of it. So for someone else, it might, it might be something else, right? It, everybody's going to be a little bit different. And the reason I even brought up the fact that I, I thought, I mean, truly, when I said you have it figured out, that's an incredibly enlightening thing to realize that I, I want to squeeze every bit of life that I can out, out of out of my existence. But then even that, that could make you feel relaxed, it, it may not. And so it doesn't mean that you you now have a free pass. You've you've reached, you know, a Zen moment. And I'm going to submit a couple other pieces of evidence here. Um, one of the books that really changed my life is Staring at the Sun by Irving Yalom. And that's he's a, psych, uh, a psychiatrist who, who kind of, you know, is in the Freudian and Ernest Becker camp where, you know, this book is all about the white noise of death anxiety and the, the, the things that kind of drive us to live in fear of not being enough, not doing enough, and just accepting. Like, if, if, you know, in, in his model of psychiatry, if he can just get people to the point to realize it, it is true, you are going to die. Uh, now, what are we going to do to deal with that and unleash you to live that epic life, even with that knowledge? And so my, my word, if I were going to, first of all, if I were going to have an epitaph that, that was one sentence, it would just be the phrase, just a little more. That's, that's the story of my life. That, that defines every bit of me, just a little more, because I always want that next thing. As soon as I accomplish one thing, I want something else. And if I'm, if I'm here, I want to be here. And that's part of human psychology. I mean, that's why we are a cooperative species and on the top of the food chain and, and also quite violent, you know, competitive. Um, but, but to your point, uh, you know, one more, you know, very famous book, Infinite Jest, where um, David Foster Wallace really spent almost a thousand pages kind of making fun of the happiness cult, like just seeking to numb our brains with entertainment, seeking to, to shade ourselves from that white noise. And as bodybuilders, as competitors, as hardcore fitness people. I think that kind of is why we're attracted to the sport, right? It's extreme. It's aggressive. It's competitive. It, it, it challenges us to do more than we thought we could. You know, even people outside of performance and physique sports who get into the culture, you know, that's also what attracts them. And so I think your answer is perfect that epic is whatever you define it to be. Epic can mean not attaining everything. You know, you're not you're not going to you're not going to be on the scoreboard as the guy who hit the most home runs in the world in the MLB or, you know, just like you're, you're going to have your life and what you define as your values for epic are going to be yours. And that 
that is important as you create the story of your life. I'm going to, I'm going to transition real quick and pitch this back to you because what I think people miss is that, you know, all of these books behind me, they'll, they'll have the word story in them because as a writer, I have an, you know, an MFA in writing and story is everything. And the reason we even tell stories is because that's how we communicate with each other. And most people don't realize we tell ourselves our own story of our lives and we don't realize we have the power to change that. We do with other people. We say, man, look at my friend over there. Why is she staying with that guy? Why is she taking that? Doesn't she know she's worth more? Look at that guy. He's in misery and he shouldn't be. Why doesn't he just realize blah, blah, blah. So we can look at other people and say they are totally missing their own stories. But then with ourselves, again, we just sometimes feel like we're powerless to redefine our own stories. And I'm telling you, whatever you decide your life is going to be, that's what it is going to be. Positive, negative, epic, not epic, relaxed, chasing a little more or being satisfied with the right kind of more. Yeah. Isn't it, you know, we, I'm I'm not, I can't quite remember what, who it was. Um, But it's like, we have this inability to like we try and project our own selves, what we perceive, what we feel on other people. And so we see this, we go, well, why can't they see it? Well, guess what? They are a completely different human being with completely different perceptions. They may not even see that 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 is happening. And so it's like, we have this, you know, we have this amazing ability to not see our own inefficiencies. And almost like, we almost like look, 10 feet into our own perception when we should be looking 30 feet. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say here is that it's like, we have this curtain in front of us that we can only see so far of ourselves and we kind of just stop there. And we don't really necessarily go beyond this curtain of realizing that we are just so, so different from that next person, just that we can't even begin to understand the perception of their, of their life on a very basic level. And, and for whatever reason, we seem to, you know, we need to be able to reverse that. We need to, we need to stop worrying so much about other people. And we need to really start to kind of turn that inwards and go beyond that curtain of, okay, what is that self? You know, it, you know, how do we see who we are uh, as a conscious being, as an unconscious being? Um, you know, can we kind of, you know, look beyond the, the, the gravitational pull to what our true self is and start to define that? Like, that's kind of where now we can then start to, to find that happiness and whatever that epicness is. Like, you know, I went through an experience kind of this, this last winter where I thought I wanted something. I didn't. <laughs> Thankfully, it did not fuck up my whole life, but I had to go through that to, I think, reach a level where I was very comfortable not being a quote unquote alpha, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I had to be okay going, you know what? I'm good up to a certain point of work because I want to be epic in other parts of my life. I, I'm still going to be an epic coach. But maybe I won't be the epic coach. And that's okay with me. That's fine. Because I know I'm still going to do a damn good job. I'm still going to affect a lot of lives. And I'm going to do what I enjoy doing, coaching. I can now devote that energy to that. I can devote my energy to my family. I can devote my energy to traveling and doing other things in my life 
where I want to be epic in. And, and can I say your life took those turns and you could have told multiple versions of a story in either context. And so as way, it's, this is kind of like the, the Irving Yalom and Ernest Becker model of thinking, like we're, we're going to catastrophize and, and pl play that passive victim, or we're going to reorient ourselves for a better story. And that's what you just did. So a, a client of mine, who's a pro bodybuilding world champion and has, you know, won some, you know, first places, second places, you know, always on that edge back and forth was really contemplating competing this year. But I thought more for the pressure, like you got to go out on top. You got to be the Michael Jordan with six rings, that kind of thing. And just, just really struggling. Should I, should I, should I not my family, this, this, this. And, and I, and I could tell it's kind of about, or at least I was guessing it's about the story Am I going to go out a champion or a quote failure? And I said, look, the story is you are a world champion. You're one of the few people who have won a pro world champion, whether you compete this year, next year, or never again, that's your story. You, why would you accept something less? Why would you think that a, a win here, a loss there, a mixed bag is, is anything less than the reality that you are always going to be a world champion now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And she was like, great. Yeah. I think I won't compete this year now. Like, like that took all the anxiety away and she may compete next year. She may not, but now she's able to say, you know, I gave her a view of a different version of the story. That was already her story to own if she wanted to own it. And, and that's, you know, kind of circling back to your anxiety. Um, you know, I, I made a decision decades ago with kids and so forth that I was not going to pursue more things materialistically. I was not going to pursue things like that. I was going to, like you, pursue personal excellence, personal happiness. I want to be the greatest dad in the world. I want to make sure I did give my kids more. So my epitaph, just a little more. And so I have held myself back in many ways occupationally because pursuing a little more of the wrong things would have really cost me having a lot more of the good things. And so, again, I mean, just coming all the way back to that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's the answer. You get to choose the story of your life and then you will live that out. And it's, you know, it's, and it's ever evolving too. And that's kind of the cool thing is that what may be epic to you now that might change in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And so you're able to almost, you know, put a little bit of that anxiety away, knowing that, hey, you know what, this is what I'm interested in now in my life. I'm just going to pursue that. I'm going to go with that because it might change in a few years. I might now be interested in something I never thought I would be interested in. You never know what each new experience is going to bring you. And I, uh, I heard someone say this once and I, and I thought it was a really cool thing is every conversation is an interview. Now, I don't mean it, you know, treat it as an interview, but you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to meet and who's going to be able to have an experience for you that's going to benefit you down the road. And so it's kind of you know, having that open mind, having this, uh, this enjoyment of, you know, personal happiness, pursuing experiences, 
uh, you know, pursuing other ideas, and you're just going to start to open up yourself to things that you never thought, you know, would push you or challenge you or an area that you're like, oh, wow, like, I didn't even know I was interested in this. Like, this is awesome. And so you're probably going to fail a lot more times than you find something. But that's kind of the point. It's not like we're going to be a human being that has 15 things going on at once. We just we can't do that. That's not going to happen. And so it's kind of, you know, really kind of picking those two, three, you know, four things and just devote that year to it. Like for myself, I've, I, I'm, I'm, I love reading for fun. I hate reading for academia. So it, this is weird dichotomy. And I've always, you know, tried to read more, tried to read more as much as I can. I'll do it for a little bit. I'll burn out. So, you know, my goal for this year is to work through a, a philosophy reading list. And I'm just going, okay, you know what? I'm just going to take it one book at a time. I'm not going to put any pressure. How fast? Five. Yeah, I, I've got, I've got a big, I've got a big list. So still working on book number one, I'm 50% through. And that's, and that's almost as far as I've ever come in the book like this. Like, and so to be able to even just do that, it, it's just kind of, again, opening up those ideas and, and that thought process and, and, you know, pursuing something that I know I enjoy, but that's still going to challenge me through discipline. Yeah. And, and the reason I'm help holding up this book is just to kind of wrap us up that this, this is a book of essays and notes and so forth, poems almost that the title is again, by another philosopher, psychologist, the trouble with being born and coming back to the myth of Sisyphus and Albert Camus, you know, the, the problem of being born is you are the only one responsible for your life. And so you get to create your happiness in whatever context you get to pursue different contexts but it's you and it's your life. So you get to decide what your story is going to be. So I appreciate you as always, Tyler, helping me explore that with our audience and you guys jumping in uh, every episode. Keep, keep the ideas coming our way. We'll see you next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.